Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foggy with a Chance of Seagulls. Uh, my name is Clark Weininger. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Evan Lindsay. We're going to be talking Giants baseball. Episode two, we're getting into it. Evan, how you doing? So two, I am doing so great. Um, I kind of don't want to waste any time. I just kind of want to start talking because um, I just went to the Giants game last night at the what Mets game. at City Field. What a game. Crazy game. Lots of stuff happening, good and bad, but ultimately such a fun time. Uh, I want to shout out my friend Molly, who got me these tickets for my birthday, and Tori and Luke. They all went with me, and it was just, just such a good time. Um, I would say... Of the New York baseball experience, the Mets field is way better than Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is, but um, but City Field is a classic baseball experience, and I loved it. Um, there's so many things I want to say, but number one on the list, of course, is we got to talk about Patty Barrels. Patty Barrels. Well, let's back up just slightly. Yes. So this yes, will yes, probably yes. drop on <laughs> Monday. Uh, we're recording Saturday morning, so we will not know what the results of Saturday and Sunday are. Um, but yeah, we, we saw the Pat, uh, Patrick Bailey, or you saw the Patrick Bailey superstar game. Um, go into some of yeah your observations being there. Um, I noticed quite a few Giants fans uh, on the broadcast. So walk through kind of, yeah, what the game was like, what the yeah. atmosphere was like, and uh, when he hit that homer in the eighth inning. Yes, totally. Um, well, there's a lot of Giants fans at the ballpark, like you said. Um, it was nice. To, I mean, there's a lot of orange, but there's orange and black, which is the correct <laughs> yeah. combination. Saw a lot of people. <laughs> it was a good time. And, you know, the game, the first little bit of the game was uh, the first half of the game was it wasn't going yeah. so well for us. There's some there is some, you know, you know, speaking of Patrick Bailey, couldn't handle that throw from Matos um, from center. But um yep. You know, it was it was just so fun to see this team play live with with the young guys up. Um, it was, you know, the Mets Mets fans. I see you, Mets fans. It's 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 a good it's a good fan base. You've been you've been treated poorly by your ownership and your team for a long time. They've tried their best, but you know, it always ends. And up even when their ownership somehow. comes in, yeah, even when their ownership comes in and <laughs> <laughs> tries to make it right, it's still. They still can't ends in a dumpster can't. fire. So, <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's still a good and competitive team, and so it was a really competitive game. A lot of back and forth. Um, I it was you know Matos has been uh, scuffling a little bit lately, but um, also going to start try to describe the players. Matos, our our young new stud center fielder, um, he just seeing him twenty one years outfield, old. Twenty one years old, such a joy to watch him play. Um, and that's a guy who can hit, you know, a buck 50 and still stick out there in center because he's that good out there. Um, and it was just, you know, I was like, what's nice about this Giants team is, you know, I'm not the first to say this, but, you know, I wasn't worried the whole time. I was like, this is a little, we're not playing our best, but, you know, we got guys that can come up and do something big. And man, that home run, I lost my damn mind, truly yelling. A Mets fan like looked back at me and was like, "Shut the up!" And I was like, <laughs> I didn't even hear them. I was just on cloud nine, and um, and I just want to say the way that ninth inning and Bailey getting Marte was just such a you know you mentioned it. It's a superstar moment. 
Um, this kid, Patrick Bailey, is, you know, we had another catcher. I know we talked about this last week, but um, we've had a lot of friends and uh, family reach out and say that they've checked it out, even though they're not Giants fans. And um, Patrick Bailey is a guy who, you know, we had another guy that was going to be our catcher, Joey Bart. Where is he? I don't know. All love. Shout out to him. But, um, you know, He's we been had slowly ramping up in AAA, hit a grand slam a couple nights ago. But, oh, still love you. Great still love you, Joey. But, still love you, Joey. Patrick has kind of stolen our hearts. Patrick is a different, it just feels different. He is, you know, as, uh, as Bags mentioned in his article today, um, the, the not having it thing, Dave Fleming won't just like, just throw out a yeah. reference to Buster like that. It, that's, that's an important thing. And Giants fans know what that means. So, um, I just felt like to see an alignment up the middle of Bailey, Doval, mm. Schmidt, Matos is just like, Future. wow. <laughs> just so amazing. And for Bailey to come up huge in that spot, gun down, the, you know, the Mets bring in Starling Marte to pinch run. He's Everyone knows successful. he's going to steal. Yeah, he's, he's stolen he's 30 going. bases this year. Exactly. And, and, you know, this guy is throwing out double the amount of the league average of yeah. um of st- uh, base runners in a year where they made the bases bigger so that it's easier to steal. Yeah. And this guy is just, you know, he just has the right arm angle and the right speed, and it's such an accurate arm. And that's that was momentum killer to the max. All they needed was one run to tie. And so yeah. a moment like that, you know, Bailey to Schmidt, Doval, you know, speeding up his unload time to get it mm-hmm. home quick enough so Bailey could throw. Just such a beautiful moment. Just a great night at the ballpark. And um, yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, well said. I'm so glad you were at that game too. Um, it was one of those for 70% of that game. It was like, ah, kind of a bummer that this is this is the game. Not that, like you said, we've watched this team enough this year to know that they're, they have a flair for the dramatic in the late innings, so it wasn't over. But uh, yeah. they were striking out. They had no idea what to do yeah. with Carrasco. They uh, yeah. were struggling mightily. And then it, on the other hand, it was like the Mets were blooping a double down the line. They were hitting a soft grounder that went through. It just didn't feel like our night. And, well, it ended up being our night. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> And it really, I think demonstrates the difference in these two teams and i saw these two teams play back in may when um uh when the mets were in san francisco and they were a far superior ball club and it was like Mm. a four game set i actually went to two of the games and it was like yeah we're not we're not this caliber team we're not that good and in a month and a half the fortunes have completely changed. And like you said, so much of it is this youth movement that it just could not have been expected in this way. And Schmidt and Matos are going through some struggles at the plate, but they're at bats are looking good. They're yeah. I mean, Schmidt laid down a beautiful bunt in the ninth inning and was on third base with one out and was making stuff happen. And Duvall is Autos was hitting it hard too. Like, yeah, you know, he wasn't getting uh, oh. the results, but to his credit, he was stinging it across the field, lining out to center like every time on three, two counts. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a stud. Um, so but then all this to say that, like, Patrick Bailey is batting 320. He's got five homers, six homers now. 
Um, and he was in single A last year batting 220. And it's like, he won, now to his credit, he won a minor league gold glove last year. So the defense was not expected because you never expect yeah. a kid to come up and just dominate uh, the run game and dominate behind the plate like he has. But yeah, I mean, this kid has no flaws in his game except for maybe a 3% walk rate, which yeah, per- a little pretends concerning. to maybe him not being a 320 hitter for his career. But yeah. Like you said, with Schmidt, with Matos, these kids who've come up are such good defenders. They can bat 240, and their value is still that of a major league starter. Um, yeah. But when they yeah. hit like they're hitting, then they're in that superstar mode, which is yeah. super exciting. And I think, I mean, you look at, you know, this is, again, like you just said, I don't think it can be emphasized enough. This guy was in like not the upper levels of the minors very recently. And so to make this kind of rise and to look this comfortable this quickly and for him and Matos to look like that is really impressive. And um, I think you can't, and then you look at it and then you go, what's, what was the change? What was the switch? And um, I don't think that we know yet. And I think, you know, you saw that Kapler said like, I think maybe he just always thought of himself as being a major leaguer, seeing himself in that uniform and then he put it on and it was just like it all clicked. And sometimes that's just true with like young guys. It's just like, you know, it's like you're grueling through the minors. You're like getting paid two dollars a day or whatever the hell you get. And then, you know, and then you're in the majors and you're getting the attention from the coaches that you need. You're getting the resources that you need. You're getting the diet that you need, the workouts. That you, I don't know. It just feels like maybe those were the things that he needed to like just step up and immediately be good. And I just wanted to call this out to um, I was thinking about. Um, the draft in which we draft uh, drafted Patrick Bailey, which was 2020, which is very recently. Um, yeah, and that draft. Just, man. I mean, in that draft, we have Bailey, Harrison, and Schmidt, who are such a big yeah. part of our plans. And you know, you you think back to I forget the names of the scouts and like the the draft the people who were in charge of the draft back in the day. But you know, we used to just get these big home runs, and you're one. And I'm wondering. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but like maybe, maybe some of these guys are going to be these franchise cornerstone guys. It has that feeling. And you look at other, the other players that they could have taken in the draft. They didn't have, I forget where he went. It was like 15 or 16 or something like that, but not super high, but he has right now the highest um, war, which is wins above replacement, like the value of a player um, of all position players from that draft who have been promoted to the majors. The only people who have higher war than him are Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider for the Braves, two pitchers who went in the late rounds who like, you know, who would have known that those would be the guys. And so I'm the really... The Braves, man. The Braves. Wow, the Braves. But I, I just bring that up to say, I think I'm really impressed by, you know, this. this is, as we talked about last week, and we talked about Patrick Bailey a lot last week too, it's like, this is the realization of Farhan and Kapler's vision for this team is... You know, let's get, yeah, we know we have Joey Bart and we like him too. And we're going to do the best that we can with him. But we have a different vision of maybe who are going to be the successful players at the major league level. And you're wondering if maybe we're going to see some guys, you know, in the next few years that are coming up through our system and just keeping the train rolling. And so I don't know. It's it's a good feeling for sure. Well, and what I think is really important to kind of add into this conversation too is 
There was an article this week from Alex Pavlovich of NBC Sports Bay Area chronicling our equipment staff, our travel logistics staff. I don't know their exact titles. Um, and we'll link the article. Um, but it's it detailed basically our um yeah, our travel staff yeah. do everything they can to set these guys up for success. And baseball is really grueling until you are an established yeah. major leaguer. So for Matos yeah. and David VR, who's been up and down this year to AAA and the big league club, um, J.D. Davis and Mitch Haniger got hurt in the same game in St. Louis. And they were in Texas playing one of the either Houston or the Rangers uh, minor league team. And VR and Matos needed to be up by that next day um, because at least one of them was going to be activated. It ended up being Matos and then VR joined very soon after. Um, and they get the call. Okay. Two of our guys are hurt and our staff make all the travel logistics. They told VR cause the last time he had to travel kind of on a red eye, the, the airline lost his luggage. And so they were like, bring a glove and nothing else will have everything for you when you get here. And yeah. he gets off the plane. They have this really cool quote in there too, because they also talked about making sure that they have family um for all of these prospects debut and so they have a quote in this article that's really cool it's like we handle everything so you can focus on what your job is which is playing baseball yeah and you don't have to be texting your wife your mom your dad at four in the morning being like okay well i think there's this flight that you could hop on to hop on this one it's like they get all of that covered um and yeah i just was blown away by how much that's said about the organization. It just is a top tier organization from top to bottom. It's not an organization that's going to cut corners. That's going to, yeah. you know, shell out money just to say that they did, but they understand the impact of, I don't know, just treating people with kindness, um, being accommodating, um, making these guys feel welcomed when they come to the big leagues. And then you see these rookies immediately start to perform because they don't have to worry about, oh, am I taking this guy's job? Is he going to hate me if I perform well? Or, oh, oh, this veteran is established. He's he's giving me the side eye every time I come into the locker room. It's a really cohesive group of guys. And I, I think that has to be part of the conversation when we're talking about these young guys. Um, so great article. Yeah. I highly recommend all of you to to read it. But yeah, that really yeah. stuck out to me. Totally. I, I, I second that recommendation. And, um, you know, I make music. I haven't talked about that much on this podcast, but I and I won't. Uh, but I, I just I think that it, it reminds me of um, this organization is just like a big band of egoless players. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you want me to play the triangle? That's going to be the best thing for this song. Yeah. Sure. That's what I'll do. Do you know what I mean? And it's like they have like the booking agents and the publicists and all the people that just just like setting it up so the musicians can just get on stage and play. They're just setting it up so the players can just get on the field and play and do their best. Um, and I, it's really impressive. And I think um, just to speak to the quality of the organization too, um, this article came out a few weeks ago, but um, I think it was on The Athletic maybe with Drew Robinson, um, mm. who was a player in the Giants organization who um, attempted suicide 
um he lost his left eye and then decided to like change make his life mission to like talk about mental health with um with anybody but he's been you know a part of the giants organization uh doing that and i think it's just like i don't know to have somebody who's just like this is what i'm struggling with right now do you know what i mean just just emotionally spiritually or whatever and to be able to like have somebody who can you know you can as a player be like this is what's going on with me and not like you know because there's like sports psychologists and stuff like that now or whatever but it's different when you can just be like you know person to person this is what i'm going through and and i think that that's just like a little microcosm of the organization as a whole and what it represents it's like it's a holistic way to look at how you like you know make a baseball player succeed and i think it kind of i don't know it feels very reflective to me of um you know san francisco as a city has changed a lot in the last decade but i think san francisco at its best is is that is like you know it's a very like loving community uh space that like is just like i don't know you just want to see people succeed and so anyway it brings me kind of to the toronto series because um we had two old friends that we got to meet up with again there um brandon belt and kevin gossman and i think it's um they're both they're both interesting players to examine their their path to the blue jays um we were in toronto this week what was we did we win one and drop yeah, two? we was that- won the first game where Gossman started, he uh, looked completely unhittable through 12 yeah. strikeouts over like six, maybe seven innings, um, dominated us. But once again, late inning energy, um, Tyro hit a huge two run double um, to, uh, yeah, knock in Bailey. And yeah, we won three nothing. And then the next two games, we uh, struggled a little bit. But uh, yeah. It was really cool, though, to see Gossman perform. I think I was in a lot of uh, text conversations being like, why'd we let Gossman go? And I completely, uh, I, I feel it, but I also understood, um, and we can get into a little bit more of the why of that in just a sec, but um, yeah, it definitely felt like he was the one that got away a little bit there. Yeah. But then it was cool to see Brandon Belt um, and just hear him interviewed his dry wit, that dry sense of humor talking about how much, how excited he would be to uh, hit a homer off Logan Webb. Um, meanwhile, it was the rest of the blue Jays that did that for him. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it was cool. I think I'd love to, I'd love to just like examine like the journey to of it. And um, it's Kevin Gosman, uh, Cole Kuiper referred to him as wifey material. And I have to agree. <laughs> he really, um, he, he, you know, speaking of the org, I think he was a big fan of being a giant and like liked the people around him. Him and uh, Logan Webb are good buds and they hang out all the time, which makes it sting all the more. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he we he came over in 2020, was it? And then and then was yeah. with us in 21, too. And then, um, you know, we had multiple chances to keep him around. Um, but, you know, he's kind of. We we it, he went through the the Mike Yastrzemski Mike Yastrzemski process of you know a middling Oriole that we turned into like a really <laughs> productive major leaguer and um, I have a buddy and, I have a buddy from college who is such a big Orioles fan shout out Jason Voss and he I remember in college used to talk to me about Gossman and Bundy once we get these guys up our success yeah. our organization is just gonna keep going oh I can't wait to get these young pitchers up and neither of them could make it work. 
with the O's and Gossman bounced to the Braves. When he got to the Giants, he was a reliever. He had he had flamed out yeah. as a starter. And we we uh you know made magic work. Um we're lauded for our coaching staff and player development staff and especially at the major league level and really helped him focus on that fastball high in the zone and that splitter yeah. that dives off the plate. And he became he became a borderline all-star for us. Yeah. And we decided not to give him a contract after he became a free agent after the 2021 season. He struggled a little bit in that playoff series against the Dodgers and felt like teams had kind of figured him out a little bit of like, okay, if the ball's coming in high, it's going to be a fastball. I swing. Mm -hmm. If it's coming in low, it's going to be that splitter that's diving off the table. I'm going to leave it. And I think the Giants, for that reason, as well as just the financial commitment before they had started this kind of sustainable run of bringing up young guys and getting talent from our minor leagues, didn't want to invest um, what it ended up uh, taking to sign him, which the Blue Jays, I think, signed him for like five years, 100 mil or something, Yeah. Um, which we have the money for. So that it, it's totally. tough to look back and just be like, uh, we let a guy who's in our organization as you said, wifey material, great clubhouse guy. Everyone loved him. Um, but I'm also at the same time so happy that he's killing it for the Blue Jays. And yeah. he's been the best pitcher in the or in the American League for the last two years. So, uh, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, props to Gosman. Props to Gosman in a big way. And I think just one point I wanted to bring up that I thought of when you were talking was like, it's... Um, the 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 way that we're developing pitching now at the major league level, when we let Dave Rigetti go, I was like, "What? Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> like Dave Rigetti was like such a huge part of the dynasty era for the Giants. You know, the Bumgarners, Canes, Lincecums, all those guys. He's a great, he was a great player. He was a great coach too. But it's again, it's like it's the vision that the org had for like where they wanted to go, and I think what's happening now and why the Giants are a destination for pitchers to come to is you can really revive your career here or find that second gear that you've been looking for and have it be a sustainable thing for you because we would have guys come up. Um, what's that guy's name who like threw like Chris Heston or like the strat or like, you know, we'd have guys like have a year of like Derek Rodriguez, like there'd be like a year of something, but like it never could sustain year to year. Yep. But what you're seeing with Gosman and why it, why it stings is because he's continued to just pitch at a high level He's found a way to make it work for him long term. And so anyway, proud of him and proud to like, well, not proud, but it's fun to like have players like that, that you can root for on other teams that there's a, like a yeah. little fun rivalry between us both. Cause like with otherwise without belt and Gossman on the blue Jays, it's like what, you know, root against Bo Bichette. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, two thoughts to that first one, I think, um, you know, that's Vlad Guerrero Jr. erasure, and I will not stand for it. Um, I mean, but I'm but not. To, but I'm rooting no. <laughs> for him. I like him, though. Is the problem? I'm just. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think you make a really good point, and I, I think to what we're talking about, the Giants were really set out to build this organically, and yeah. so a couple nights later, a couple days later, we play um, the third game of that series, and Keaton Wynn starts, 
Um, mm. And he's a guy we drafted in either 2018 or 2019. I can't remember in the fifth round. Kid from a town of Nowhere. like 180 <laughs> people in Iowa. Um, shouts to my Midwest brothers and sisters. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, it's and so he has the same the same repertoire as Gossman. And I think yeah. we clearly looked at it as a, you know, cutting costs a little bit. Um, I think that has to be mentioned. Um, but yeah. acknowledging that we have the intentions to build this like player development system that churns out guys like this and isn't going to have a guy flame out after a year, right. either because of overuse or wrong role. So we're going to find the right role for these guys. And when came up and was coming out of the bullpen, showed enough and got his first start and he was pitching so well uh in that start until he hung a splitter to Vlad Guerrero and he hit it 800 feet yeah <laughs> uh, and our offense didn't show up so it, he yeah. got the loss hung on him but got caned he's on that one he got caned and that's how I know he's gonna be a great giant no um <laughs> but yeah like we we signed Gossman for a couple of years fixed him up and he got a big contract Rodon pitched for us for a year last year. He was looking for, you know, that that long-term contract. Got it with the Yankees. Hasn't pitched this year because of injury, but you know, I'm hoping yeah. by the end of that contract he'll be pitching well. Um and I think that's that's the idea behind some of our veteran pitching signings and then mm. bringing up guys from the minor leagues. We've mentioned Kyle Harrison who will be coming up at some point this year, but Heaton Wynn, Tristan Beck, Sean Jelly, these guys who are in these kind of hybrid roles coming out of the bullpen um, and being maximized by our by our uh, by our coaches, by our front office. And it it's exciting yeah. to see. So on the one hand, it's sad to see Gossman not pitching like he is in the orange and black, but um, it's a lot easier to handle when we're winning, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Totally, totally. And I, I, I want to make sure that we talk about the other Blue Jay, Brandon Belt, who is an all-time great giant in our book. Um, I think if, if you haven't been following the Giants in the last decade, then you maybe have not been uh, privy to the Belt Wars that have been taking place. Um, he is a player that was widely maligned for his slumpy shoulders and and like <laughs> bad attitude or something he just strikes out a lot and that's his game is he takes walks he strikes out he strikes out he hits home runs he plays good defense and um he's been a hugely valuable player for the Giants org but we let him walk this year because um you know Lamont Wade Jr was the heir apparent and he really has been like just playing like prime Brandon Belt which is kind of yeah. hilarious to see um but well, it's to is... that same point i was just making with uh, the Gossman thing we just take a composite of a type and then we go, okay, you're going to make more money elsewhere. Good. We're excited for you. We're going to fill your role with the exact same stats basically, which is very yeah, money ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. too, which that's where Farhan originally started our, uh, president of baseball operations. So, but yeah, it was really, it was special to see belt though. Um, and to see him do well and he's, he's really settling in, in Toronto. Cause I think, to your point, he can be a hard player to really understand. He's yeah. this tall first baseman, and you would assume power. And he does have home run power, but his game is, yeah. like you were saying, taking walks, 
moving the line, so to speak, which is a Bochi-ism from back in the day. Yeah. But just like making sure you're setting up your teammates for success in their next at-bats. Getting pitches out of the pitcher so you can get a starter out of the game early. You know, some of these things that yeah. don't show up immediately. You know, it's not a 500-foot home run. And you're going, wow, this guy's incredible. But great first base defense. Um, and I think if you could go back in time and say, hey, this is the composite of what a great leadoff hitter looks like. I think even though he's, you know, not the the fastest, although when he was coming up, he was he had pretty decent speed for a first baseman. One season. Yeah. Yeah. Um But I, I think, you know, Wade is not a burner by any stretch of the imagination, but we've had him lead off this entire season because yeah. this organization understands that those qualities are perfect in the leadoff spot. So yeah. yeah, it, it feels like kind of an ode to Brandon belt that we have a roster of all these guys. Um, yeah. you mentioned in the last show, uh, about jock taking the, the, uh, walk off walk, but like, these are guys who are patient, are willing to work through at bats and um it just goes down the line every guy now takes long at bats and puts that pressure on uh a pitcher and yeah i think so much of it is based in the philosophy of brandon belt who was maximized in his final few years here when yeah. the administration took over the the different uh kind of organizational philosophy took over here so yeah, yeah great to see i want to i want to mention too just like what a fun guy that dude was like if you if you're really like he one of his quotes i think you sent me this was like um he was like what did he say to to web do you know what i'm talking about it was like yeah oh god i need i need to pull it up it was, it was something something about embarrassing his whole family like i don't <laughs> yeah. or something like that just like he just had such Completely a dead humor. yeah yeah i mean you know the baby giraffe of it all um in 2021 assuming the role of the captain oh like kind God. of sarcastically <laughs> and like if you're if you're a barrier sports fan and you haven't been following or if, even if you're not he's been a very like clay thompson-esque figure mm. kind of like weirdly enigmatic but like dry but i don't know and like they both do boats stuff or whatever <laughs> and it's just like he's a great bay area guy love him forever we'll root for him forever i'd honestly love to see him like i don't know Maybe like in a couple years, like he can just like have a little stint and retire with us or something. Like he's definitely going in the Giants Hall of Fame. So I think absolutely all time great giant, great giant. Um, Quickly move on? before we before we move on, yeah. Um, to that note of great giant Brandon Belt, you mentioned the uh, captain hat, but I also just wanted to shout out his 18th inning home run in that 2012 playoff run, where. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just a moment that is etched into my brain. A home run that I will never forget. If I ever see the highlight, it will immediately bring a smile to my face. Um, yeah. And just illustrates, you know, he was a crucial, crucial part to two World Series teams. He is an absolute no-brainer Giants Hall of Famer. Um, but more importantly, yeah. just like a great guy to root for and, and really fun. Yeah. So, shouts to I Brandon always- Belt. I will always remember where I was, which was I played a show in like nowhere, Massachusetts. And I was like, ah, I'm going to miss it a little bit 
but it was kind of like in a <laughs> in a bar with TVs. And so it was up. And so I was kind of like checking as I was playing a little bit, like on the screen. And I was like, but when I actually start to play, it's like I can't be looking at the TV the whole time. But then it was Don't you worry, know, we'll play another act- nine innings for you. <laughs> exactly. And I stayed there for whatever it was, an hour more, two hours more, whatever it was, just waiting for this game to be over. And that's an all-time moment. Also, shout out Yusmero Petit as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's move on. Um, should we let's talk move about um, to the relievers, maybe? Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit um, with the Keaton win, Tristan Beck, but I think what the Giants are doing with their pitching staff is really interesting and I think um, needs to be discussed. And we'll talk about it a little bit right now, but um, I think it'll be an ongoing theme. Um, that game that we uh, played against Gossman where he struck out 12, we won because we threw a shutout with four different pitchers. We had an opener, yeah. Ryan Walker, who throws like a crossfire delivery from the right side. Then also, we threw... stepped in for Brebbia, no problem, which is kind of again, crazy, honestly. Another rookie, we haven't mentioned him at all, but fantastic, fantastic... Uh, start to his career this year um then we throw alex wood who just throws every limb at you from the left side so you've got funk from the right you got funk from the left and then (laughs) and then tyler rogers comes in in the eighth inning throwing from beneath the ground and then hell (laughs) from (laughs) hell hath brought this ball to you (laughs) and then uh, casually, Camilo Duvall throwing 103 mile per hour cutters, and after Tyler Rogers and Kapler's been doing this all year, and it cracks me up every time. But after Duvall comes in throwing 83 mile per hour fastballs and these 72 mile per hour rising sliders that look like a UFO, then Duvall comes in throwing 100, and that 100 must look like 120 after Rogers just faced you. So it's just, I I think. Shouts to the bullpen, and we're doing a lot of kind of funky stuff. But yeah, I think that game just encapsulated the the pitching staff. Yeah, um, and I just I forget. I think I think uh, Grant Frisbee just wrote this article about um, you know what the Giants are going to do at the deadline because we have we have a lot of people who could start, but we're not using them in that role necessarily. It's like doing this multi inning thing, which also. I don't know if he'll if he's listening, but shout out to my brother because when we were when we were young, he'd always be like, "I feel like the starters and then relievers is not an effective way to do baseball. I feel like you should have one different pitcher every inning." And I think the Giants get closer and closer to that every day. <laughs> and I was like, I used to make fun of him. And I was like, "That's so stupid. You don't know anything about baseball." <laughs> Turns out he should have been hired for the front office. But um, I think we find ourselves in an interesting place where obviously you got Webby, and then you've got Cobb, who's been good. You know, not not probably the number two that you want, but like probably solid number three material type guy. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's a little it's a little touch and go in terms of guys that you can count on innings from. And I think that come postseason time, we're probably going to keep doing the thing with the bridge relievers to, you know, Manaya and Junis and uh, Beck and all these types of players. But I think you kind of need a three just like. That's just how the postseason works. Like it has to be one with like a really solid. I think you can do it with three. Four is preferable, but um, I, I think it's interesting because we have such a um, a glut of these types of pitchers. 
um, Grant was proposing. Maybe it's like guys are going out. Like we we you, we uh, trade from that depth, kind of like how the Rays yeah. are always like trading and like bringing guys, but they're always competitive. But letting these guys go, and um, because I, I I don't know, I think that we kind of need a guy that we can rely on for that number two, number three spot. Yeah, I I agree. I I think it will be interesting. And today is July first, so trade deadline is in a month. It'll be interesting to see what we do because. You're absolutely yeah. right. That's where we'll miss Gossman the most is yeah. game two of a playoff series if we get to the playoffs. Uh, but for now, it's helping us rack up wins, which is the most important thing. And this yeah. depth is amazing. It's a different guy every night, both offensively as well as from the pitching side of things. So, um, yeah, it, it's a fun time. And even when Webby gets uh, hit around like he did on uh, Wednesday, I believe, you know, he pitches deep into the game to save some of the, the innings from our other relievers because he's our one true, like, deep in a game starter who is leading yeah. the league in innings, which is a huge, is a huge yeah. stat, I think, in our modern baseball where guys are five and dive um, so often. It's like if Webby's pitching into the seventh inning, that's saving a couple innings from, like you said, the Junis, the Rebbies, yeah. the all of it so yeah i think i think it's like you know the giants have been rolling in june and then kind of you know uh this week we saw we hit a couple snags and uh, but it didn't wasn't concerning to me but i think the thing that um it's bringing an extra starter i think is more the cumulative effect of having just one more guy that you can rely on so that you can position you know that people aren't tired that you're not having to overuse guys that you're just like putting them in position for success. So I think that's definitely something to look out for in the next month. And I think I'm also it, interested to see if that ends up being Kyle Harrison. I, they are really keeping his innings low. He's had a hard time controlling the strike zone. He, he walks a yeah. lot of guys and that is something that Farhan and company aren't super thrilled about. Um, but he has insane stuff from the left side. Um, and I, I, Wonder if they're kind of slow playing him this year uh, to potentially prepare him for a postseason run. So keep yeah. an eye out for that. I, yeah, I think I think he's an interesting case because um, it's I think him. If I had to guess, I'd say like him, uh, Matos, Luciano and um, and Bart are like the names that like probably most casual Giants fans know. And I think. Elliot Ramos that, as well. Elliot, Ra- Elliot Ramos too. Um, but I think when you're in that position, I think there's a psychological component of that that we don't always talk about. And I was reading um, uh, Bag's article with Conforto, um, you know, hmm. the former Met, um, which there's a lot of Mets uh, on the, this current Giants team, which is funny. Yeah, shouts um, to but, Wilmer who hit a homer last night. Yeah, shout out to Wilmer. But it, um, you know, Conforto was able to find success because he kind of was able to, um, you know, coming up as a Met in that organization, there was a lot of expectations as a first rounder and like what that would mean for him in the org. And especially with that fan base, they're, they're, they're better than the Yankees, but they're still brutal if you're not going to like come through. And I think every fan base is that way to different degrees. And I, I, I wonder if some level like it, that the guys that have been finding success with us at the major league level 
don't have that high prospect pedigree and that pressure to be like this guy to immediately step in and be because you know we all are expecting Harrison to immediately come up and be a fixture in the rotation for years to come and that's a lot of pressure on a guy and I think that like I don't know this is you know just purely my based on intuition but I think that um that when you're pressing mentally I feel like that's when command goes a little bit and that's when you're walking guys because you're trying to just like throw it exactly in the right place and it's just like you just got to do the best with what you have on that day and um so anyway rooting for Harrison obviously hope he gets those strikeouts down and the last thing I'll say about that is um I think it's honestly good that they're keeping him down because it's keeps with the organizational philosophy of if you are performing then you'll be up here regardless of if you're outside the organization if you have high prospect pedigree or not like it's rewarding success and so i think that it's good that they keep to their um to their ethics on that one or whatever yeah um no exactly well to wrap up this is a non giants topic but uh for now for now um <laughs> but i just wanted to shout out real quick we are a baseball podcast mostly focusing on the san francisco giants but we have an alien playing baseball right now that I feel like needs to just be mentioned that Shohei Otani yeah. is doing things that if you tried to create a player in a video game, they would not allow you to create someone as good as Shohei. Um, it's right now, unreal. he has 30 home runs. Last year, at this time, Aaron Judge, who ended up breaking the all-time American League record, which no one cared about until Bonds uh, owned the real home run record, but um, <laughs> that's another topic for another time. Uh, yeah. But at this time last year, before breaking that record or just having the season that Judge did, he had 29 home runs at the end of June and Shohei has 30. So he is on pace to have a, a pretty incredible <laughs> second half, potentially chasing uh, a home run record. Meanwhile, he is fourth in all of baseball in strikeouts as a pitcher. And I think one of my funny, one of my favorite bits that I've seen some Giants writers and other like national people do is like compare Shohei to the pitcher and batter composite that he is. So um, it's like if Aaron Judge and Kevin Gossman were the same person, and it's like that's it's just this absurd. Guy, this guy just just for some additional context. Excuse me. Just for some additional context, if you if you don't know, um, this this guy came over from Japan at 23, I think, right? Um, and it was always that he was going to be a two way guy. That was his whole thing. I'm not going to give up either side. I can do them both at a high level, but I want to do both, and I think I can do both at the major league level. And he's proving himself incredibly correct right now. I mean, the 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 comp the only comp is Babe Ruth. truthfully to me like in the all the history of uh the major leagues and um just what he's hasn't played in a hundred years (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it just he's gonna make 500 plus six i don't know a a lot of money this coming season and i think why we're shoehorning this in is because like could he become a giant I don't know. I don't think so. I think that he's probably going to be a Dodger is where all reports are heading. But this is a guy who does what he wants to do at the end of the day. And um, I think he wants to be in a place where he is appreciated, where he can do the things that he can do. And 
I think he's a great fit. I mean, you know, if you're listening, show it. No, just, but like, I, I, I think that he really <laughs> would fit in what we're trying to do in yeah. San Francisco in a big way. Um, but yeah, what were you gonna say? No, I, I, yeah, I think there is, there is a path for him coming to the Giants next year. So he is a free agent after this season. He has told the Angels that he wants to test free agency. Um, they are still potentially uh, in play. I think they're winning this year finally. So if he yeah. feels like, and they've brought up like three of their draft picks from last year who are all kind of doing well, which good for the Angels to finally have prospects that work out. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to command a, a contract. I mean, this past offseason was kind of nuts with the contracts, but he could realistically command like a 10 year, $600 million contract. And that has just never even been close to being seen before. Um, but he's worth it. I mean, he's two players in one. <laughs> he's two players he, in one. Is elite he's, at both. He's, he's elite at both. And he's like, not only can he do both, but he's a great guy to follow. He's just the nicest dude. Oh. Um, he's but still a competitor. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he and I think that he's like he's a person that's gonna sell tickets. Like I'm going to go pay tickets to see him play whoever this year. He because... sells tickets at in Oakland. When the Angels come to town, <laughs> people go to A's games. Otherwise, people don't go to A's games. Shout out <laughs> shout out to the A's. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Las Vegas A's. But um it's yeah, I don't know. I mean it's the fit there is we've been looking for a guy like that that can go on marketing materials and on the front of the ballpark. And I think he'd really look great in orange and black. Oh. So, you know, we can only hope. Um, but we'll link some some videos in the show notes. We're going to start doing that moving forward. Um, anything we talk about reference video or articles and stuff, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I think uh, I think I'm feeling good. Are you feeling good, Clark? I'm feeling good. Um, I got my my Shohei excitement out. It's it's hard to keep it in, so I'm glad I was able to to express that. Um, <laughs> we do just watching his highlights quick. are. What? Just before we end, a little T-shirt check. I just oh. want <laughs> for for those watching us on video. Um, if you're That's listening on audio, shirt. <laughs> thank you. Shout out to my brother um, for that one. Um, but. Just wanted to sh- to to mention that we are on YouTube as well. A couple of people asked about that, and we're going to keep putting out these video episodes. I mean, all you have to look at are our ugly mugs, but um, I think I think it's fun. It's a little bit more compelling, and um, if you haven't already, please, uh, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on all the podcast apps now, and um, we just started a Twitter account too. So follow yes. uh, Foggy Siegel. Yeah, Clark's 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 a big Twitter guy, and I think that'll be a fun place if you're on Twitter as well. And um, yeah, just keep keep a lookout. Um, we have big plans for the future. Uh, we're just gonna every week try to bring something new to the table. You might even be seeing multiple episodes a week at some point. Um, just just keep an eye out for that. But um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, it's been really fun. We're really excited to keep doing this. The um, you know, just from the one episode, the support that we received from uh, all our friends and family has been amazing. I think you wanted to shout out one person. Do you want to do that quickly? Shout out <laughs> to, uh, yeah, shout out to our friend Kelly Monfordini from high school, who, uh, yeah, uh, is going to today's uh, Giants-Mets game. Shout out to uh, her husband, Eric, whose birthday it is today. Um, Happy birthday. But, uh, but yeah, 
she listened, talked about how great of an organization and how like exciting it is to kind of talk about the fruits of the labor with the organization and just how many good guys and like positive stories come from it. So that's what we're hoping to highlight. Uh, and you know, we love the engagement. Uh, so yeah. please text some of your thoughts, ideas as well, things you want to yeah. hear and have us talk about, but more yeah. than anything, yeah, we're just happy to be doing this and thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll release you from this podcast jail now. Go live your life. Go watch a Giants game and we will see you next week. Or watch Shohei Otani highlights. <laughs> you could just do that. All right. <laughs> goodbye. Peace. Bye. Bye, my baby.